Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Well, welcome. If I haven't had the privilege of meeting you before, uh, my name is Marty and together with my wife Rachel, who you met earlier, we get the great privilege of uh, leading this location of Elevation. And um, as you most probably know, uh, unless you're new, and if you're new, we're so glad that you're here. We are in a uh, series called Future, which is all about the life of Joseph. And you may have seen this a few times already, but we want to show you this short clip in the lead-in to give you a heads up on where we are with Joseph. So if we can look to the screen for that, that would be amazing. In a world of vibrant hues and eccentric characters, follow the remarkable journey of Joseph, a dreamer betrayed by his own brothers, thrust into a captivating tale of resilience and redemption. From the confines of slavery to the opulent corridors of power, witness Joseph's rise as a leader. His path intertwines with an alluring woman, while his dreams and God guide him through treacherous waters of intrigue and forgiveness. For this adventure we'll need a pit, a slave's tunic, a dream about wheat and stars, a dream about cows and grain, a signet ring, a cupbearer's cup, and a technicolor coat, starring Jacob, Joseph's eleven brothers, Potiphar, Potiphar's wife, Pharaoh, the cupbearer and the baker, and Joseph. Immerse yourself as Joseph's technicolor coat and unwavering spirit captivate. An extraordinary adventure where dreams and destiny collide. A stunning and emotionally captivating journey of faith, discovery, purpose, and divine alignment. Amazing. I hope you've been going well with your July binge challenge of uh, reading the story of Joseph, Genesis 37 through to 50. I encourage you. It's Yeah, it's still July, even though we got all confused with dates earlier. Earlier today, it's still July. Thank goodness it's not August yet. It's still July, so I encourage you to to check that out. Um, We are in week four, so final week of our series. Week one, we we asked the question, whose dream? We, we, We believe that God has a dream for your life, no matter the season, whether you're dreaming for the first time, maybe you're in high school and you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. You know, do I be a TikTok influencer or do I be a YouTube influencer? I don't, I don't know. You know, maybe you're dreaming about what, what God has for you or, or maybe the season you're in is, is about dreaming again. It's about God refreshing that vision and that heart that he put into you or maybe this whole deal with God and Christianity is completely new for you and you're like, oh, there's like, like God cares about me. There's a, he, he has a dream and a, and a plan for my life. Wherever you are on that, um, we know that we flourish most when we follow God's will. Why? Because God is our creator. And so he understands us in an even greater way than we understand ourselves. And so as we allow our lives to, uh, to submit to his will, and, and his dream, uh, remarkable things happen. So that was week, week one. Uh, week two, uh, we talked about the fact that every dream gets challenged. That's not the exception. It's the rule. And you're not out of step with God when you're facing challenge. Probably you're right in the right place at the right time because God uses the challenge to change us and mold us and create us to who he wants us to be from the inside out. And then last week, I talked about delay or design. No one like, likes delays. We don't like getting sent to the Macca's waiting bay. We just, we just, we just want it now. We, we, we don't like watching the Uber Eats driver circle around. You're like, it's not that hard. Our house is here. Just come. Come bring the stuff. No one likes that. But maybe 
delays are designed by God because He has opportunities for us, because he, he, He's come into our life, and that as we keep our words focused, we understand that man may forget us, but God, but, sorry, but God never does. And, and that puts us right where we are today. In Genesis, we're at the start of chapter 41. And, uh, and last week I talked about this and uh, that Genesis 40 closes with this scripture. I'll, I'll read it to you again. This is Genesis 40, verse 23. It says this, Yet the chief cupbearer did, did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. If you, if you remember the, the story from Genesis 40, uh, Joseph in, interpreted the, the baker and the cupbearer's dream and ended well for the cupbearer, not so well for the baker. And Joseph says, remember me when you go back to Pharaoh's palace and I'm stuck down here in this pit prison. And then it closes chapter 40 with the, the, the cupbearer not remembering Joseph at all. So then this is verse 1 of Genesis 41. Starts this, I'm just going to read the first four words. It says, after two whole years. After two whole years. Okay, so let's just pause there for a moment. Right? The writer of Genesis is making sure that we know there's now a fair amount of span of time. You see, often, um, can I just Bible teach for a second? Often the Bible like compresses timelines. And so as, as, as Western people, we're very concerned about the time. You know, like the time, like it's 10.51 now, and Marty only recently started preaching. So we'll, you know, when, when will he be done? You know, we're, we're so concerned about the next thing and the next time. But in, in the ancient Near East, they weren't so concerned about, about the time. And so often the Bible compresses timelines, and you don't realize that it's, that it's been a whole bunch of time. But here in Genesis, the writer is, is making sure that we know there's been a fair amount of time. It's not a week. It's not a month, it's two whole years, emphasis on the whole, right? And it's, it's like that time just got sucked into a vacuum. You know, do you know people that are like that? It's like whenever they're around, somehow time just gets sucked into, into a vacuum. My, um, my younger brother once described um, my parents' place like that. They're, 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 he was like, it's like a black hole of time. You go there for an hour, and suddenly the whole day just gets, just gets sucked in. That was before they had kids. Now they have kids. They like going there because it's like, Grandma, Granddad, there you go. Enjoy. We love this black hole of time. It's amazing. Right? But, but, but do you know, is there someone in your household that's just like a black hole of time? Do you, you know what I mean? You're like, I'm in the car. We're going. Still not coming. I've turned the car on, the time's still away somewhere. The car's backing out of the garage, you know. Is, is, there, someone, is there someone like that in your home? I, I don't know about you, but sometimes it feels like God is like that. It's like completely out of sync with me. It's like, come on, God, I've got deadlines, things to do. Don't you know what the time is? Why is this taking so long? But uh, in, in the Bible, so biblically, um, we can understand what God thinks about time by looking at, um, at two Greek words that are used in the New Testament. Uh, one word is called is, is chronos, which means time or a span of time. It's where we get the uh, word chronological. So essentially, when, it, when the Bible talks about chronos time, it's talking about chronological linear time. But there's another word for time uh, in, the, in the Bible, in, in, in Greek, in the original Greek, and that word is kairos. Um, this has a much more um, theological understanding when it comes to time. It can mean the proper time or a decisive moment 
or a moment of grace or, or a time requiring a decision and a commitment. And so when we're talking about God's timing, because today, if you're, I should have started with this, but if, you, if you're making a title, God's timing is what you can call it. When we talk about God's timing, we're not talking about chronos, uh, linear time. We're talking about this second type of time, kairos time. That, that, that is God's time, which seems to work differently to our own plans and our own designs. And so what we're going to do is a little bit like last week, we're going to We're going to read the whole of chapter um, 41 of Genesis. Uh, I know reading scripture in church, who would have have thought, sorry, it's not just an inspirational TED Talk. I know TED Talk's only 12 minutes as well. It'll be a bit longer. But anyway, let's let's read Genesis 41 uh, from verse 1. It says this, After two whole years, Pharaoh dreamed that he was standing by the Nile. And behold, there came up out of the Nile seven cows, attractive and plump. And they fed um, in the reed grass. And behold, seven other cows, ugly and thin, came up out of the Nile after them and stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly, thin cows ate up the seven attractive, plump cows, and Pharaoh awoke. And he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain, plump and good, were growing on one stalk. And behold, after them sprouted, uh, sorry, and behold, after them sprouted, sprouted seven ears, thin and blighted by the east wind. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump, full ears, and Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. So in the morning, his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was none who could interpret them to Pharaoh. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, I remember my offenses today when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me and the chief baker in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. We dreamed on the same night, he and I each having a dream with its own interpretation. A young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. When he told him, he interpreted our dreams to us, giving interpretation to each man according to his dream. And as he interpreted to us, so it came about, I was restored to my office and the baker was hanged. Then, Joseph, uh, sorry, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph and they quickly brought him up out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream and there is no one who can interpret it. I have heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not in me. God will give Pharaoh a favorable answer. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, behold, in my dream, we might skip through that because that's just the same dream again. And then we're going to go down to uh, verse 24. It says this, and, and the thin ears swallowed up the good ears. And I told it to the magicians, but there was none who could explain it to me. Verse 25, then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he's about to do. The seven good cows are seven years. The seven good ears are seven years. The dreams are one. The seven lean and ugly cows that came up after them are seven years. And the seven empty ears, blighted by the east wind, are also seven years of famine. It is, um, it is as I told Pharaoh, God has shown to Pharaoh what he is about to do. There will come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt. But after them, there will arise seven years of famine. And all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt. The famine will consume the land, and the plenty will be unknown in the land by reason of the famine that will follow, for it will be very severe. Verse 32. And the doubling of Pharaoh's dream means that the thing is fixed by God, and God will shortly bring it about. 
Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select the discerning and wise men and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh proceed to appoint overseers over the land and take one-fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt during the seven plentiful years. And let them gather all the food of these good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh for food in the cities and let him keep it. That food shall be shall be a reserve for the land against the seven years of famine that are to occur in the land of Egypt, so that the land may not perish through the famine. This proposal pleased Pharaoh and all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom the Spirit of God, uh, sorry, in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has shown you all of this, there is none so discerning and wise as you are. You, sh- you shall be over my house. And all my people shall order themselves as your command. Only as regards the throne will I be greater than you. So we see all the way through this, it starts off with, like I said, uh, the writer showing us it's been two whole years. It's been this long span of time. You know, two years feels like a long time to be stuck in prison, far away from your dream. Yet it was God's purpose for Joseph that he would spend a whole two years there. Now, we, we, we don't really know why, jo- why Joseph had to do that. It, it, it may not have to be because Joseph had to learn something or even needed to grow in character. I, I know sometimes that's the, you know, the Christian cliche that we come back with, well, it haven't, hasn't happened yet, so you know, God must be teaching me a lesson. And, and, and yes, of course, there is, there is growth that happens in the waiting that God wants to do with us. Um, but it's interesting that even, even that thought of, well, obviously God wants me to learn something. Let, let's be a little bit honest for a second. Even that thought is a little bit self-centered. Even that thought is a bit, well, God wants to do stuff, but, you know, me, me. And there's something, there's something, something about me. God is teaching me something. But, but maybe just, and, and I'm preaching to myself here as well, don't worry. But maybe it's actually not about you. Like, like, I don't know, shock horror, like, what? No, can't be. Like, maybe it's not about you. Maybe it wasn't about Joseph. Maybe it just yet wasn't God's kairos time for him. See, we always think linear time, but God thinks differently. He thinks about the time and the season and what he's trying to do. You see, it wasn't yet time for Pharaoh to have the dream two years before. It wasn't the right timing for the seven upcoming years of plenty and the seven upcoming years of famine. You you know, God's timing maybe doesn't have to do with you. In fact, God's timing for your dreams sometimes has nothing to do with you and everything to do with some external circumstances that just need to be aligned and, and gotten ready. Remember week one, we talked about that God's dream for your life is far bigger than you can imagine but at the same time, it's also less about us than we often think, right? Uh, I know it sometimes feels like um, I wage war against this sort of selfiness, but it's not because I think we have a selfish church. It's because almost everything in our current culture promotes and pushes self. You know, how I feel, what I think the truth should be, who I define myself, my hope, my dreams. It's like the water we swim in every day. And, and can I encourage us, if we don't call it out, we will just swim in that water over and over again and, and think that's what the kingdom of God is. But the kingdom of God is not that. It's not self-focused. It's not about us. Remember, our word for the year is transformed. 
It's from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I'll read it again. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You see, we need to consistently, consistently let the Word of God shape our thinking, shape our hearts, shape our minds, because we live in this world that's so focused on self. You, you know, it's funny, I was thinking about this the other day, but, you know, as, as modern people, we, we laugh at the science which once thought that the universe revolved around the world, right? So I think, anyway, someone can fact check this for me later, but I'm pretty sure from around, from around 50 AD to nearly 1500 AD, as humans, we thought that the world revolved around the earth, right? And, and now, because we're so, you know, modern and enlightened in 2023, we laugh at that and think, ah, so funny. Yet so often we live not like the universe revolves around the earth, but like it revolves around us. So, 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 so often, but our hope and our faith tells us that even though it may look like nothing's happening, in our dream, even though it may feel like nothing's happening, even though it may sound like nothing's happening, that we walk by faith and not by sight. That, that God is, is working in the background. He's moving the chess pieces into position to bring about His purpose, His dream through our lives. I, I remember when we were looking to, um, to move here uh, from Sydney and, and take on this church, we, we felt like God spoke to us in the... Um, well, actually, sort of near the back end of 2017, then we had this meeting in January 2018, and we were, we were, we were ready to go. We we're like, yes, this is what we feel God has for us. Let's, let, 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 let's go. We're, we're ready. But it seemed like for that year of 2018 that, 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 nothing, that nothing moved. And so I remember praying, like, God, where are you? Like, why aren't you moving? We feel like this is what God has for us, but it looks like this is, this, this is impossible. Like, God, what's, what's going on? Have you forgotten about, you know, all those prayers that we pray? God, have you forgotten about me? God, what's going on? Uh, you know, are you concerned with everyone else except me? All that, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, I thought about this later, and um, this is just one example of God's timing, but... Um, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris and Jackie, but in January 2018, these guys weren't even dating. They, they, oh, I'm not shut up. Is there some skeletons about to come out? What's going on? No, no. And, and I remember thinking about this. I feel like maybe as I was praying in that first half, you're like, God, what are you doing? Have you forgotten me? He's like, come on, mate. It's actually not about you. Just, God's like, all right, just settle down, buddy. See these two? I need to get them together. Because they're coming with you because of this and because, and because of that. Like maybe it's actually not about you. There's some things that I need to line up to get this dream happening and to see my kingdom move. And, and I believe it was the same for Joseph. As he's sitting there in this prison, forgotten about for two years. I, I don't know what he, what he did. We, we don't have an insight over those two years. But we do know that when he comes out, he still declares. Maybe he's singing the goodness of God. In his pit prison, I know Bethel wasn't a thing yet, but you know, he's singing like, all my life you are faithful, he's looking around, doesn't look like it, all my life you've been so, so good, I think maybe, you know, like what's, what, what's going on, but all the time God is working his kairos timing. So number one is this, um, I know it sounds harsh, but it's not, God's timing may not be about you, it might not be about you, I know it sounds like a downer. But, but can, I, can I tell you, it's actually encouraging. Do you, know, do you know why 
it's encouraging because the reason why God's timing may not be about you is because you actually get to play a part in a bigger story. You get to play a part in a bigger dream. You see, you matter so much to God. God cares so much about you. But guess what? Graham also matters to God. Tim matters to God. Sarah matters to God. Heather matters to God. Heather matters to God. No, there's only two Heathers. You know, um, Nicole matters to God. Now, every, you know, because, yes, you matter so much to God, but everybody does. And so sometimes God just needs to shift some things in timing. He's working on some people. Some of us are more stubborn than others. So God's like, come on, come on. I need you in this spot so I can do this. So this, so this makes sense. You see, you matter to God, but so does everyone else. Rick Warren says this, you aren't born great. No, you become great by attaching your life to a great cause, a great purpose, and a great dream. You need something bigger than yourself to draw you out of yourself. You see, as Joseph was forgotten by man for two whole years, God was still on the move. God gave him a dream, and maybe at the start, Joseph did think it was all about him in the beginning, but by the end, he could see what God had planned out. In fact, this is his um, declaration to his brothers who sold him into slavery, talked about murdering him in Genesis 50, 20. As for you, Joseph speaking to his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. You see, right now, I want to encourage you, take courage. Trust God. He's moving in ways that you may not even recognize, but I believe there will become an aha moment when you're like, ah, oh, I see what you're doing, God. Now, that may not mean that everything works out perfectly. That may not mean that the way we thought God was going to work the situation or turn it for good, that, 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 that may not happen. I'm not like preaching, a, you know, just everything will be great if you just hold on long enough. Maybe, maybe it won't. We don't know. But what we do know is that in Christ, we have victory. The Bible says that, that death, oh, you know, death has lost its sting. That as we, as we commit our lives to Christ, that even death has no power over us. Why? Because we will live forever with Him. So no matter what it turns out circumstantially here, we still have that hope in Jesus Christ. But take courage right now. When you get the fuller picture, I believe that we see God's timing. Number two is this, is God's timing can appear fast. It rarely is. God doesn't, God doesn't work quickly often. It's just that we hope that he will. You know, Genesis 40, we read this before. I'll just read verse 14 again. So then, then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they quickly brought him up out of the pit. And when he had shaved himself and changed his clothes, he came in before Pharaoh. You know, it's interesting that phrase in verse 14, it says, they quickly brought him up out of the pit. If you're a member of Pharaoh's household, maybe you would be like, ah, oh, where'd this guy come from? Like overnight sensation, just like brought up from the, brought up from the pit, and now he's like second in charge, like he didn't go up through the ranks, like he wasn't, you know, he wasn't the male guy, then he wasn't this, you know, like what, what's, what's, what, what's going on here? But often we do the same thing. We look at other people's God dreams, and we think that it all came easy to them, that somehow they got lucky and everything went their way, but that is almost never true. We all face challenge to our dreams, and what may look like something that was fast on the outside was actually a slow, frustrating journey for them. You see, that's why it's never helpful to compare ourselves with others. See, because God has a unique plan, 
He has a unique set of circumstances and unique timing just for you. That's, that's why we have to be uh, so careful about our um, social media consumption. Why? Because it's just comparison on steroids. That's <laughs> what it is. Let's listen to Paul's advice in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 12. It says this, not that we dare. Uh, so he's talking about um, some false teachers that have come in and said, you know, I'm, I'm great, I'm this here. And then this is Paul's response. Not that we dare to classify or compare ourselves with some of those who are commending themselves, but when they measure themselves by one another and compare themselves with one another, what are they? They are without understanding. Or another version says they are not wise. You see, someone may be in the palace while another person's in the pit. They are both in the will of God. They're just in different stages of their journey. You see, there's no shortcut on this discipleship journey. We're all on it. We're in different stages and seasons. And when it looks like it's gone fast and just everything's gone their way for someone else, just remind yourself that it probably wasn't. We don't have to shout at God and say, God, look, you know, what about them? Like, easy for them, you know, just, you know, skating through life. It probably wasn't. But we don't compare ourselves with others. Uh, Timothy Keller says this, God's sense of timing will always be confounded, uh, sorry, will always confound ours. His grace rarely operates according to our schedule. So maybe as Ben comes and we wrap up, number one is this, God's timing may not be about you or me. Number two, God's timing may appear fast for everybody else. It rarely is. And number three is this, is let's allow the journey to solidify our faith, to solidify our faith. Uh, author John Ortberg in um, highly, rec- highly recommended book, especially if you're on this, okay, God, do you have a dream for my life? What's going on? I'd, yeah, would love to recommend all the places to go. Yes, it is a riff on Dr. Zeus, so don't, you know, confuse him. You're like, oh, pictures. I like John Ortberg. This is awesome. Um, but he says this in that, that book. He says, faith is not about me getting what I want in my outer world. It's about God getting what he wants in my inner world. We, we, we don't just... We don't just Um, have faith so that God can shift everything and make it great for us, even though we do believe for miracles, even though we do believe for for breakthroughs and for signs and wonders and God to to move by His power and and move by His Spirit. But we remember that ultimately faith is about God getting what He wants in my life. Galatians 6, verse 8-9. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. For the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Some people here today, that's, that's, your, that's your take home for today. Read that scripture, memorize that scripture, pray over that scripture in due season, in due season. I'm not, God, I'm not gonna grow weary in doing good. I'm gonna stay faithful. God, I believe you've called me to this. God, I believe you've called me to this church. I believe you've called me to my workplace. My, my, my business is gonna prosper, even though it doesn't look like it now. My family is gonna prosper. They're gonna follow God, even, even though it seems like they may not at the moment. God, you're in due season. In due season, we will reap if we would not give up. We don't grow weary in doing good. Yes, it's tough sometimes. Yes, it hurts. But God, through this, I'm gonna trust you. And I'm trusting that through this, I'm becoming more and more like you, that you are working your will 
in my life, that I'm being transformed from the inside out. Because who knows that's what Mandra needs. That's what the Peel region needs. That's what WA needs. That's what the entire planet needs is, is a people transformed from the inside out by Jesus Christ. Not, not, not a people that where it looks like everything went their way. Not a people where it looks like all the circumstances shifted so it would be great for them, but a people who in spite of the delays, in spite of the challenges, in spite of the timing that seems so off from our own schedule says, you know what, I'm going I'm to trust God. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to sit while I'm sitting in that pit. I'm going to sing. Um, I just forgot the bridge. <laughs> no, nah, anyway, whatever, that song. I'm going to sing goodness of God. Where's, where's the lyrics? What are you doing? No, I'm joking. Sorry, that was a, that was a joke. Um, you know, what, what, whatever, whatever it is, you're seeing your goodness, that's what it says. Your goodness is running after me. Even though it doesn't feel like it, even though I'm in the pit, even though I'm in the prison, God, your goodness is running after me. With my life laid down, I surrender all. I give you everything, no matter what the circumstances look like. You see, Joseph, when he speaks with Pharaoh in verse 16, he still declares that it's God who gives him the power to interpret dreams. He says, Pharaoh, it's not in me. God will give you a favorable response. I'm reminded last scripture, Acts 3 verse 6. Uh, a, a, a guy who's, uh, who's lame can't walk. And Peter is walking past and he asks Peter for, for money. He's begging for money. Peter said, I have no silver and gold, but what I have but what I do have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. You see, what do our workplaces need? They need, they need us to say, I, I, I may not have the thing that you think you need, but I've got what you really need. I've got Jesus Christ on the inside. I've got the Holy Spirit with me. You know, you know what? I, I, I know it's tough at the moment, but I can pray with you. I can be in faith and, and, and trust, and I can give you something bigger than just yourself to rely on. I can give you something bigger than even other people just to rely on. I can give you the one who is always faithful, the one who does not leave us or forsake us, that you can build your life on the rock that is Jesus Christ who never fails us, who never fails us. And so this morning across this place, I'd love us to bow our heads and close our eyes. Jesus, we thank you right now for this time, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you move in power in our lives, God. We, we thank you right now that no matter what it looks like, no matter even when it seems like God's timing is out, God, we trust you. We trust you. We are faithful with you. Lord, we declare right now that you are going to move in our lives, that you're going to move in our hearts. You are working all things for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So Jesus, we just thank you right now. Move in our hearts. Move in our lives in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here and you've never made a decision to follow Christ. Maybe you have and something's come to.